Welcome to Wellness Rebranded. We know there is so much conflicting health and fitness advice out there. And you're tired of the wellness fads, endless diets, and impossible standards that make you feel like nothing you do is ever enough. You're ready to tune into your mind and body and feel empowered around health. We're the Healing Trio, here to help you redesign your relationships with food, fitness, and yourself. I'm Elizabeth, registered dietitian and certified intuitive eating counselor. I'm Maria, licensed mental health therapist. And I'm Tara, personal trainer. Together, we're changing the narrative on health away from diet culture, hustle culture, and toxic positivity and towards healthful self-care. So grab your water bottle, get ready to laugh, learn, and grow. And And let's let's start rebranding your wellness journey. Welcome back to another episode of Wellness Rebranded. We are super excited. We have a special guest here today. His name is Johnny Landis. He is an anti-diet fitness coach. Johnny is a former diet culture obsessed fat loss coach turned intuitive eating coach and Hayes advocate. He spent years fighting his own body and believing that he just needed to be more disciplined and motivated to maintain weight loss long term. A couple of years ago, he started learning about disordered eating and intuitive eating and slowly pivoted his coaching, retrained, and he's not looked back since. He now helps clients break free from food and body obsession and end their constant mental battle with food while using strength training to help them fall in love with exercise again. So Johnny, welcome. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's uh, it's an honor. So can you just start off by telling us a little bit about your story? It sounds like there's a lot there that can be really interesting and relatable for people and how you got to this space today. Yeah, sure. I mean, I'll um, I'll try and keep it as uh, brief as possible because this part has been known to kind of drag on. <laughs> so to provide some context, like I'm I'm 33 right now and I can remember my obsession with my body very much starting around the teenage years and it was probably due to having parents who were both bigger people and my mum was constantly sort of on and off Weight Watchers and my dad would just go along with whatever was going on right because you know she would she would cook all the food they ran their own business together and so what my mum would do would be like sort of like housewife slash work in the business and then but my dad was just like office based all day and I can kind of distinctly remember when mum was on different Weight Watchers stints if dad was like really hungry he would definitely be like secret eating like crisps and chocolate and things like that so like there was a lot of that vibe in my house and unfortunately toward my um 15 16 years old my dad got quite unwell and we didn't realize for a while that it was actually due to a very overactive thyroid And then unfortunately, because of the combination of that, as well as like the stress around work and things like that, my dad actually passed away. He had a heart attack when I was 16. At that time, everything was all, I mean, it still is. Everything's very lifestyle related around that kind of condition, right? Like, you know, he was only 47. You know, what if he took care of himself better? You know, uh, he'd lost a lot of weight with his, with his thyroid condition, but his normal weight before that was, was a bigger person. And so there was a lot of that chat around, oh, you know, if only he'd looked after himself more. And I think with me as a teenager at that point, who'd also been concerned about his size, I took that as well as the messaging from places like men's health and things like that to go like, I need to solve this problem, right? I need to be shredded, healthy and and all the rest of it. And it's really bonkers because when I look back at pictures of myself around that time, I was relatively like straight sized. I still am straight sized. So the fact that I ever thought that I was fat is 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 bonkers. And it just goes to show how 
kind of like lost within it I was from my my like that whole era anyway I got very obsessed with the gym and fitness and things like that and I bounced around from different like diets that I'd see in men's health and through uni I didn't really obsess too much but I did have some weight cycling through my university years so I'd kind of like be at the gym and eating really well in the summer holidays and then in at uni I'd be drinking beer and partying and you know doing all those things so I could kind of see my weight cycling as a result and I found that to be a lot of my own personal discipline and as I got to the end of uni I found CrossFit and with CrossFit I sort of fell in love with it straight away because throughout my teenage years I had been playing rugby to quite a high competitive level and when I stopped playing rugby at university for various reasons I didn't really have any other competitive outlets and then CrossFit came along and CrossFit then was a kind of perfect storm towards more of a physical obsession with my shape and that was combined with me also doing a degree and a master's degree in musical theatre and they're quite key because not only in musical theatre can that be quite bodily obsessed and there was a lot of comments about my body shape and size made there but when I was living in Wales which is where I did my master's I also got a part-time job at a like sports nutrition shop Mm-hmm. And the sports nutrition shop was run by a former competitive bodybuilder who also coached all of the competitive bodybuilders in all of Wales. And there were a lot of jokes made about how fat I was and how out of shape I was and things like that. So that encouraged me to get a diet plan from the owner. And that was one, that was one of those like six meals a day eggs and vegetables, then chicken and vegetables, chicken and vegetables, chicken and vegetables, rice cake and protein shakes. And then like to finish like cottage cheese, like that. And it was like that every day with with one cheat day a week or whatever. Like that that was my first entry into that. Um, And that kind of coincided as well with, with CrossFit and the kind of paleo diet and the sort of eating clean type of vibes. Yeah. So that was a lot of my life for my, early to mid 20s when I then was in my mid 20s I was taking CrossFit a lot more seriously my musical theatre career had kind of died before it began in London and I'd found myself coaching CrossFit full-time as a way to make a living and because I was coaching CrossFit full-time I'd thrown myself into competitive training regimes so like two sessions a day type of volume but I'd never really been happy with how I looked and, and again, it's ridiculous when I look back at myself at that time because I was like pretty cut. Like, and, and so it just goes to show how much I was just not seeing that and then being so self-critical. When I was 25, I hired my first nutrition coach and this nutrition coach was a flexible dieting macro counting coach. And through their guidance, I got unbelievably shredded, like the most shredded I'd ever been at this point. And that was a, a then a kickstart for me to start coaching other people because inevitably everyone was like, oh my God, how did you do it? Mm-hmm. Like everybody in my CrossFit gym was like, I want those results as well. And then that's when I started my business as it is today of coaching people. But it wasn't until sort of 2019, 2020, where I'd had my own journey of sort of weight cycling up and down, up and down from this point of, of being shredded. And I'd never got back to that stage that I was in 2015. But throughout those sort of five years, 
I was either calorie counting or I wasn't, or I was fasting or I wasn't, or I was, you, you know, doing something ridiculous or I wasn't. And it, and it always felt like I had to put in such a high amount of effort and restraint to get down to that level. And I'd had some various mental health struggles as well. And, and it's kind of all been about my, my size as well as my like ability to coach others and, I was starting to question a lot of things of like, why were my clients not getting consistent results? Why was I not able to get consistent results? And so I was in the middle of a, another coaching certification, but this one was a sort of year long coaching certification, all based about motivational interviewing and like change psychology. Mm -hmm. And it was part of that program that introduced disordered eating. Mm-hmm. and that was the first time I'd seen sort of like a list of like disordered eating behaviors as well as the mindset behind disordered eating and the obsession behind sort of body dysmorphia and and all the rest of it and as as I said in my my intro for, for your for your show that was like a light bulb in my head where I sort of saw the writing on the wall to it was like a diagnosis of myself um and that was when I started to look into things like intuitive eating and everything the intuitive eating book said about, you know, binging and overeating and obsession around food and obsession around body being kind of causatory to the dieting behaviors and having that sort of diet cycle of failure mm-hmm. all made total sense to me. But for a while, I struggled to toe the line away from being a fat loss coach or believing in, in sort of fat loss. I sort of thought, oh, well, you know, maybe if I solve my eating behaviors in an intuitive way, my body will sort of settle down to you know, I'll, I'll be, I'll be slimmer again, but that didn't happen. Yeah. It's such a normal part of that process. I think to, you start, you find yourself in one world, you start learning about intuitive eating, you want to move away from it, but you're kind of like fence, fence splitting as they say. Yeah. Straddling the fence. Yeah. And it was very much that. And I think as well, cause I built up a coaching philosophy around like losing fat and keeping off for life. Like that was, it was something I was, was finding hard to let go of. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't until really I read the Health at Every Size book mm-hmm. that I, and, and looking at the research within the book and looking at the paradigm itself. And that was when I started to very much change my stance. And then I read a lot more um, books from other fat activists as well, just about the real case of, of body diversity. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't until I really threw myself into those cases that I started to change my stance in my business and change my personal stance and change my stance online and 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 as I said now I'm where I'm at today where it very much is health at every size intuitive eating Lena let's free you from that kind of incessant mental and physical battle that you're having with yeah. with food and yourself so I said I'd keep that short but I don't think I did so, you, know. <laughs> you have a lot to share that's good like 16 years in like well 10 and minutes. very relatable I think for I think yeah. a lot of people have a journey that you know maybe they're not yet to the I realize that I have disordered eating or body dysmorphia or that this isn't working for me but up until then and certainly for some people afterwards is super relatable um yeah no I, I I'm thinking even sometimes we don't realize that the stress that this can cause we mm-hmm. are in the midst of all these thoughts and, and preoccupation with food and our body image and we're in that you know, um, tornado of events that we don't realize until you pause and maybe start questioning some of the things that are happening that is causing a lot of distress and that it affects mm-hmm. your mental health, like you were saying. Yeah, massively, yeah, because I, I, I've had several cases of, of depression and when I look back at the time periods where they were, 
one of them was when I was just not living life sort of like by my terms and I'd, I'd let a lot of things sort of happen that I wasn't wasn't happy with but the other two times were very much a causal relationship to feeling out of control with food and seeing sort of my weight start to spike and seeing that in pictures and see, seeing myself as a failure for doing that and having sort of slow periods of my business or peak clients not getting results and then be going, well, I'm clearly, you know, terrible at my job. And it was a very, it was a shame spiral. Mm-hmm. It was very much created from the preoccupation with food and, and weight. Yeah. yeah. And that feels so relatable to me. Yeah. I've definitely like traveled a similar path to this, mm. even though like, I'm a big advocate of like habits and behaviors, not body size, right? As we all are. I've lived in a larger body my entire life. So I've always kind of gravitated towards this. But of course, I started training like 20 years ago. So that was Mm -hmm. like the peak of let's be really skinny and have giant booties. You know, like everybody wanted that. So I kind of did that. And transitioning to what I do now was like really challenging for me as well big fear of mine as well was starting to speak more about this on Facebook and Instagram and getting the kind of challenges and the comments back and the kind of not the hate that's a strong word but very much the kind of like arguments back and the rebuttal against such a change in stance I found that quite difficult I found it exactly difficult as well and in a way though that that mirrors so much I mean you're talking both of you specifically there's your personal journey and then your business journey and how different it can be or how intimidating or scary to come out and shift your perspective publicly as it relates to your business but that very much echoes what all of our clients are doing in their personal lives right they're trying to shift their focus on their bodies and health and what they're doing and how they're talking about it and they may have people in their lives that they're scared or intimidated to kind of share that they now have a different perspective on it. Oh, I yeah. We're intimidated by um, people who were like, well, she was just switching to this type of eating because she can't get herself skinny. Yes. I, I felt like that was like a fear of mine, even though nobody's ever said that to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like people use it as like a cop out, even though it's just. Yeah. Like, um, I mean, you said that nobody's ever said that to you, but I, I know for a fact that that's what people think because I had a client actually recently join up with me who's a, a bigger guy and someone who I've known since uni, actually, funnily enough. And he has kind of gone through a really similar like yo-yo weight loss journey, CrossFit, not CrossFit type thing, similar to myself. But he even said when I first started posting about health at every size and and intuitive eating, he was like, oh, that just sounds like it was created by someone who couldn't lose weight. And I was yeah. like, right. So it is a thing that people think, but obviously he's come around now throughout my content because mm-hmm. he's now working with me. I think with guys that there's a lot more of the personal responsibility narrative because as guys, we sort of throw ourselves into things quite extremely and we'll see quite a bit of progress quite quickly. Um, progress being like weight loss, but because it's unsustainable of how sort of strict we're being or, Mm -hmm. um you know extremely approaches when we inevitably fall off the wagon for want of a better term it's like it's our fault for not being disciplined and then the weight regain is it's a personal responsibility failure because it's very much like all or nothing but it's like either extreme this way or extreme this way rather than as as you mentioned you know healthy behaviors yeah and certainly a lot of people no matter their gender feel that way but i'm curious how you think or if you think the experience of diet culture is different for men. I think it's just the 
the wording and the language like if if you spoke to guys and asked them about diets they probably wouldn't say that they've ever done diets like i've never been to weight watchers or slimming world or or done keto for example although i followed the paleo diet for a while i wouldn't have seen that as like dieting i'd have seen that as like i'm just doing a lifestyle change or something like the whole 30 or clean eating or things like that you know it's very much a, a like a nutrition program than anything else and I'd say the experience with with guys, it's like it's more about being lean and like high energy and high performance. And there's a lot of that around, you know, like the kind of biohacking and fueling the optimum lifestyle. It's all sort of very much like that. And there are some pages that I've seen where it's very much about like being an alpha male or like a warrior, you know, like alpha dads, you know, work out in front of their kids and like you know do walking lunges to get the milk you know that kind of thing <laughs> wait you guys don't do walking lunges to get your milk no, of course we not usually <laughs> my guy's on the corner of the shops you know corner of the road so i just walk in i would just lunge there and back there you go <laughs> that's so funny sounds like you're gonna be sore well also i have yeah. a, i have a teenage son and i notice sort of a trend when when his buddies are around the house there's a lot of talk about bulking up mm. especially at at that age like it's still that they're still wanting to sort of change their body right a lot of them are sort of naturally lean and you know they just haven't filled out yet they're young mm. guys but there's a lot of pressure and focus around that yeah and I, I i'm trying to think about because i talk a lot about male body image on my page and i use sort of superheroes and marvel heroes and things as the kind of like that sort of imagery work um and i think then for guys that's why it's about being jacked and big as opposed to being thin it's not like a thin ideal for guys and growing up i, I don't know how much of an impact this would have had but growing up my brother and i both watched a lot of wwe wrestling it was big big in my era and gladiators gladiators was huge when i was growing up in the 90s and those and, dudes were all roided out yeah, they were. Yeah, I watched the Netflix Nobody documentary. Nobody was mad at that. No, no. But it's funny because the, the British TV series actually did a lot better than the American one, even though it was formed off of the American one in the 80s. And I, I don't know about the cast of the 90s, but I'm pretty sure it was, it was quite similar. And and they, they've had a reboot recently of Gladiators in the UK, like a reboot of the tour and a lot of um, UK CrossFit people and sort of bodybuilders and fitness influencers were all sort of selected for that as well. So... It's very much about that. I, I, and sitcoms as well. I remember seeing an episode of Scrubs that I posted recently and it was the Dr. Cox character being like, you know, the key to my fitness regime is that I hate my body. <laughs> and he's like, if I like my body, then I've lost the battle. <laughs> and obviously it's tongue in cheek. And oh the God, episode actually ends that. well with with um, the other doctors seeing his relationship with his you know partner and his work were far more important to just be in the gym all the time. Mm -hmm. But uh, but the messaging sort of rang, rang funny at the time. I'm taking so much in. And I'm thinking sometimes we don't, as women, I don't think I've ever paused and say how it is for men, right? Because I'm focused on me and how it would affect me and mostly work with women and teenage girls. But listening to you, Johnny, is like, wow, it's it's a it's a it's a similar in the struggle, but with different pressures that mm -hmm. I thought about until I'm listening to you now. So I'm really taking it in. 
Yeah, and I, I mean, I think, you know, because I was talking to a mate of mine this morning and we were chatting about when, you know, people say like, oh, like in women, we experience diet culture like this. And, and him and I were like, oh, we experience this too. But I was like, but we don't need to say that because at the end of the day, we, we experience what we experience and that, that's why we share it. And so, you know, like I think in, because I've seen a few documentaries now about sports and how it's shown up. And as I said, I was in rugby and musical theatre and then there are those different pressures. Like I remember Freddie Flintoff was was hammered a lot about his weight and his size. And then he actually had a documentary about how he had such an obsession with exercise now, like he had to train twice a day. And if he didn't, he would undereat. And, you know, the people in the documentary were like, that sounds like bulimia. And they were like, he was like, oh, right, really? He was like, I've, he's like, I've just been told my whole sporting career that I'm overweight and that I need to train harder. And in the French national rugby team, quite a few years ago now, I think it was 10, 15 years ago, there was a centre, um, what was his name? I looked him up recently because I was trying to win an argument with someone online. Um, I think it was like Matt, Matteo Bastaraud or something like that, like Matthew Bastaraud, I think that was his name. And he was really, really good rugby player and he was really, really fast, like one of the fastest men in international rugby at the time. But he was dropped from the French national team because he was overweight. And they said, you need to work on your fitness. You, you know you're too you're too out of shape mm-hmm. and it's like he's faster than anyone on the pitch oh. you know and, he, and oh, he'd score tries crazy. for fun he'd score tries for fun the argument I was trying to win was with a fitness coach who was like oh you know ain't, ain't no bigger person catching me on the pitch and I was like oh this guy would but <laughs> anyway yeah it's like it's it's a shame those kind of pressures come up because then you, you know you read those stories growing up as a teen as well and you're like oh, I'm, I, I remember being a teenager playing rugby and thinking oh, you know, I'd be better at rugby if I was like thinner and better shape, but I was playing at as a front row forward. So for people who know rugby, it's like you're, you're, you need to be a, you know, a bigger person to, to do well in that position. And I did well in that position. So it's just insane how that kind of messaging breeds through. Well, the messaging is not based on evidence. And we've talked no. about that here before. Many of it has nothing to do with what is real, but we still feed all these thoughts and, and patterns that are not really based on, I mean, again, situations like your prove that the guy mm. is running fast and he's fitted, but not to the eyes of people who are. In, no. Yeah. yeah. In the, in the, in the power in that team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I, I would hear it all the time as, as a CrossFit coach, you know, because in CrossFit, I don't know how accustomed you are to it, but in CrossFit, there's weightlifting, there's gymnastics, there's cardio. It's it's a combination of everything. And the kind of paradigm is like, be prepared for anything because we'll just sort of throw anything at you, which means training for any competition is just ridiculously difficult because you've got to be good at a lot of different things. And it's just like weightlifting for time, you know, like under circuit pressure type thing. But because of the gymnastics element of like pull-ups and muscle-ups, handstand push-ups, handstand walks, things like that. Again, the paradigm is like, oh, I'll be better at those if I lose weight. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, actually, you'll be better at those if you fuel your training effectively and you, you know, focus on your strength, not if you just try to be as small as possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm not nearly as cool as like a French rugby player, but one time I was getting certified to teach a class called Les Mills Core. And it's basically like a 30 minute abs class that they do with bands. Like it's challenging, but it's not ridiculous. And um, as part of the training, they made us do a 10 minute plank 
which completely <laughs> sucked and is also not based on evidence. Like if you can plank for 10 minutes, probably you should do something harder to train your core for less time. Um, but yeah. they actually failed me on my certification because I didn't like quote unquote look fit, even though I could do the things what? I didn't pass the certification to teach the class. Wow. I was told I need to work on looking fitter. I was like, how do you do that? I am fit. Right. Yeah. Right. What does I don't that mean? Go to Lululemon and like freshen up or. Yeah. yeah. That's bad. Isn't it? Cause yeah. that's then again, where they think fitness is a look rather than fitness being a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cheers to diet culture. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Cheers to not. No. <laughs> not cheers to that. <laughs> Here's to smashing diet culture. How about that's it? Yeah, correct. <laughs> so, do you think that when you're working, I assume you work primarily with men, or no? It's pretty fifty-fifty, to be fair, and okay. I think that's just because of how I talk about it online, and then you know who feels comfortable working with you, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you think that men experience any particularly different challenges on the journey towards body acceptance then or how you talk about it um yeah it is it's tough because and I wouldn't say maybe it shows up any differently but it's probably it's similar to what I spoke about there with like alpha dad and warrior fitness and things like that like the the messaging around the dad bod could be used a lot by male personal trainers who are targeting that diet culture messaging for men you know or like uh, we mentioned superhero I've, I've seen a couple of times being like you know get your superhero body and and things like that and I think with guys because you know certainly when I was growing up there was teasing of my my weight and shape that you then internalize and if you ha- still hold the personal responsibility narrative because of things that you've done that were strict in the past that temporarily had you in a smaller shape you can kind of hold that own self-talk for yourself. That's the same self-talk that your mates would have, you know, just that you're, that you're fat, that you're lazy, that you're, and fat in a, in a insulting way, not as a descriptive way, you know, like I think somebody who I was working with the other day said, you know, when I look at myself in the mirror, I just think you fat piece of shit type thing. And it's like, you know, it's just really damaging levels of self-talk, but has probably has been originated from, lad to lad sort of banter or even just downright being mean I think I yeah I was I was doing a CrossFit workout one day which involved running and when you do running in a CrossFit gym you have to just run around the area that you're in because I don't have treadmills in the gyms and I was running around the block as part of this workout and I remember two men like opening their car window and saying like run fat boy run and you just think, yeah, it's like that's the kind of thing that then men will like internalize their self-talk. Yeah, yeah, so crushing. So how do you encourage people to start shifting that self-talk around body image? It's tough because body image work is is a lot about accepting who you are now and placing your self-worth in a lot more than just your physical appearance and also challenging the societal norms and narratives that like uh, there is such a thing as like an attractive shape or a you know a, a fit body right as, as we said there like fitness isn't a look it's a an attribute it's a lifestyle and challenging that the person's got to be ready to start receiving that because mm-hmm. if you just say that to them at first they just might be like no like I can't I can't think about that and 
And with guys, it's probably the last thing that we work on because at first it's probably working on the eating behaviors and everything first that pull them in. And then if we can get rid of things like body checking Mm -hmm. and weighing the self and things like that, and then talking more about what the body can do and talking more about embodiment and, and attributes that way, then it starts to get easier. And I think it also helps when people realize that like, you're never going to get to a place where you just look at yourself all the time and you're like, man, I love the way I look (laughs) and you don't have to like everybody has negative body image thoughts. And I think always reminding people as well, when everybody who I work with, I say to them, look, when you were smaller, did you like your body? And they'll be like, no. (laughs) And it's like, what about the other time when you were smaller? You know, did you like your body? And they were like, no. I was like, were you more confident? No. I was like, okay then. So it's, it's in a different place. (laughs) So yeah, I think it's I think it's removing the self worth with one's the way that they look, and 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 pairing it much more with who they are individually as a person. That's probably one of the key ways. Yes. Yeah, I have a question. As like a woman, a wife, a mother of a son, what are some things that I can do to help improve body image and anti diet culture specifically for the men in my life? How old's your son? He's only three. So luckily okay. still thinks he's awesome. Yeah, well, and hopefully will do forever because, you know, at least you, you're the role model in the family to, you know, negate sort of body shaming and and mirror checking and all the rest of it, right? And uh, I read a book by Charlotte Markey called The Body Image Book for Boys, and it's aimed at like preteen, teen age, right. but made for a really good read for me as an adult male because that talks a lot about, you know, the how much genetics plays a part and self-care of being many different things and when exercise and eating can go into disordered territory versus when it's self-care and things like that and I think it's just looking out it's it's what she mentions is 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 like media literacy conversations with these people and talking about how it might show up and so I mean with your husband you've probably had more chats about it I guess already Mm -hmm. and you could probably notice like if there are issues because of comparisons to fitness influencers or superhero movies or whatever it might be to then obviously chat about that. But I think it's always more difficult to chat with guys if they feel closed off about it, because it can feel quite like, Oh, don't worry. I'm just, I'm just looking after myself or don't worry. I'm just doing this nutrition plan or what have you advice. I gave a woman recently asked that I said to them, just ask more questions so if a guy says like, oh, I'm going to be doing this, it's like, oh, cool. Like, you know, how come? Oh. I'm like, oh, right. So you're going to count all of your calories all the time. And it's like, oh, so you, you know, you do like, why do you think, you know, you need to do that or what's, what's, what's causing that. And mm-hmm. when sometimes when you reflect the behaviors as well, they're like, oh yeah, that does sound a bit extreme <laughs> or like, oh, that does sound silly or, oh yeah, maybe it's not as big of a deal as I think. And then probably just noticing it early. And also just being accepting of body. I mean, for everyone, right? Yeah. The- yeah we can just have an accepting conversation of body diversity. That's one of the best things. It'll be nice when we don't have to talk about bodies at all ever. Right. Wouldn't it? I yeah. mean, it's, 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 it's crazy, isn't it? One of the new friends with me on Facebook or used to be, I'm not sure if we're not friends anymore, but he posted this like mirror selfie, which I think is a David Goggins thing. And he, he's a straight size guy and he just had a bit of body fat he was like in in his own admission he was like not really trained you know i've, I've been drinking a lot of beer uh but he's like but i'm gonna get back on it and i'm gonna show you how 
how easy it is, how you can still live your life and do it. And I was like, you're just going to return to the stage you were in when you were exercising a few times a week and like, you know, not drinking beer all the time. It's not really the same thing. But in, in his story, he said about how he was on a family holiday and when they were taking a photo, his wife was like, suck in because you look fat. And it's like, and he was like, that was what like made him realize that he'd like let himself go. And I was like, that would make me realize that I'd married the wrong person. <laughs> you know, I, like, I, think you need, I think you need to look deeper than uh, your your exercise plan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very good point. <laughs> this feels like a good time to remind everyone. My favorite quote is that your appearance is the least interesting thing about you. So yeah, correct. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't really matter if you look fat or not. It what matters is what's on the inside. <laughs> yes. Exactly. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for being here and joining us. If people would like to know more about you or more of you in their lives, what what can they do? Yeah, if they want to uh, suffer through my accent and uh, content, <laughs> then uh, like Instagram's yeah, thanks. Instagram's the best place. Like I, I post several times a day just because it's like a running stream of my consciousness as well as my life right now. It's just at Johnny Landles. So. Uh, Johnny without an H, you know, J-O-N-N-Y uh, and then L-A-N-D-E-L-S. Got it. All right. Well, thank you so much. We're really just so thrilled to, for you to be here and share some of your story and your perspective. And I know, as Maria said, I think it will give people something different. It, it, it's adding to the yeah. the narrative of diet culture in a really important way. And, and so thank you. Yes. Oh, right. Hey, thanks for having me on. I've really enjoyed it. So nice to meet you. And you. Thank you for listening. If you want to connect with me outside of this podcast, you can find me on Instagram at coaching underscore therapist. I'm Elizabeth. You can find me at Elizabeth Harris Nutrition or in my Facebook group, Health and Healing with Intuitive Eating. And I'm on Instagram and Facebook at Tara DeLeon Fitness. Guys, if you loved this episode or any of our other episodes, we would love it if you would leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really, really helps us get the non-diet word out to the rest of the world. So please leave us a review. Yes, thank you.